Good evening. This is a redo for the tenacity of Indonesian people, indigenous people. Um, remain unspoken their strength. Um, for whatever reason, this podcast is not playing. And this one is a very important one. So I believe this is number 14. And first and foremost, I'd like to acknowledge the unceded territories of the Skolmish, the Musqueam, and the Tsleil-Waututh. This is um, this is a different uh, a different podcast. Um, this has uh, come to the surface over and over and over again, and I just wanted to say. Um, that so many struggle um, emotionally, financially, and spiritually. Um, the silent struggles. Um, I don't know. I think um, my maternal aunt had shared a story with me. And um, upon reflection, I'm just kind of like shaking my head. I was I was five, and in previous podcasts, that's when you know um, I started to take care of myself, my little sister, and my mom and dad, and um, we were uh, we were poor. My mom had uh, jobs, casual jobs, in and out of uh, secretary jobs, and my dad is a seasonal fisherman, and my my. I know at the age of five, for those listeners out there, I dialed a rotary phone and I had my aunt's number and I called her and she remembered I was five years old and I phoned and I said, can you, we need food, we have no food, it's been three days and we've had no food. Can you bring us McDonald's? My baby sister likes McDonald's. And we're really, really hungry. And, uh, you know, like my, my, (laughs) I just want to bang my head against the wall because my aunt didn't tell me that they went and brought us food. She didn't say anything. She just blankly said a statement and that was it. Like, you know, like, two income families, some couples, they just don't understand, you know, the, the, not the financial burden, just, just how, um, every penny needs to be accosted for. It reminded me, um, in a conversation with my other friend, she's a longtime friend, and and she uh, had a full. We both had, you know, full time permanent jobs, and and she took care of her um, her uh, child's family of six. Uh, the wife didn't work. Um, her child worked, and um, and she worked, and she pretty much gave almost all her money to her child and their six-child family. (laughs) 
you know, and, and, you know, she did some, she did some cultural events and, um, for, for a friend that was, you know, helping in the community and, you know, X amount of dollars, you know, you do this, uh, you do this craft, this workshop and, you know, you'll, you'll get, you know, $150, $200 for the workshop and supplies and, she did the supply, she did the service, and her her friend, our friend, would be like, oh, well, you know, I'll get you next time. Like, what the fuck? I make sure, because I I know what every, what it means to count every, every money that comes in. And around this time, I'm usually doing uh, cedar workshops for my son's uh, rites of passage. And this is the second summer um, we've gone without, and that that puts a, a pause on on the rites of passage because I'm not able to spend the money on on his rites of passage, and that's important. And that's a slow process because I don't have the funds. And our friend would be just like, oh yeah, I'll pay you next time, you know. And and my friend. She had enough money for gas because she had to drive from school to school and no money for food. And she was slim, skinny, like a skinny Indian. That's like noticeable. And she never said anything. She wept as she reflected back. And I went weeks without food. I didn't tell anybody. But that's that's what we do. We're we're silent sufferers. We're not going to tell you. So, you know, I'm not laying blame to uh, to two couple households. But you know, um, when you count every when you have to count everything and be accountable for everything, and I've said it in previous podcasts, I can't afford heat. And my sons come and ask me, um, can I put the heat on? I'm cold. We have lots of blankets. We have lots of hoodies and and sweatpants. And, and we put those on and, and slippers. And, and we wear those before we put the heat on. So most winters, we don't put the heat on. And I can't move anywhere where it's going to be colder than it is here. So moving to Alberta or Ontario or anything like that, that's not going to fly because I don't want to spend my money on heat, heat versus food. I'd rather I'd rather provide you know food, food for my sons, and and I've done that uh, countless times. Growing sons, you you need food, and they understand you know that that we can't afford heat. And if you can't understand that, this is this is the reason for the podcast. I can't afford heat to be able to um, to be able to overhaul the winter months. I usually work four jobs, and what money I get goes on the hydro bill, so that in the winter time, I have minus this, minus that whatever the electricity bill is, that's how I make it through winter. I can't pay, I can't pay a bill when it comes in. 
I pay it beforehand, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit from, you know, whatever money comes in, a little bit goes on there, and then I just slowly pay it. When I had when I had no job and I was trying really hard to find jobs, even even the ten dollar an hour jobs, um, the hydro bill was eighty dollars, and this is this is how we prepare ourselves. Like we had no money, I had already gone, and my my credit cards were maxed out already. Buying, um, you know, supplementing my income with my credit card. That's you know, it wasn't like you know, well, let's go get a new iPad or something like that. It's like rent food um you know and i would go to the food bank and um i never told my sons this but i would buy little little groceries and you know would be able to pay for a five dollar pack of hamburger and and rice because that's cheap and you know, my sons would eat, and they're like, oh, mom, did you eat too? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I already ate. Um, but what happened was I would eat after them if there were any scraps left over in two growing boys. If if you have boys, you understand what I'm talking about. And I went to the food bank, and I, I survived on tomato soup for months. Months and months and months. Tomato soup food bank they have peanut butter and, and, and tomato soup and I can't afford bread so the peanut butter just sat on the shelf when I'm rich I, I can we can afford bread this is what I mean about the, the, the silent suffering is you know, we're not going to tell you that, that we have no money. And it was the first time I ever, I ever felt like that. And my adult son told me in January, he's like, I don't understand it, Mom. Why is everybody so generous at Christmas time and the rest of the year they say fuck you and and you know there's you know there's no one lending a hand and I just laughed because that was my adult son's experience of uh, being poor for the first time and I couldn't provide it was a laugh wholehearted sadness inside me and I just wanted to to hold him and hug him and you know I also wanted to mention um, we are the silent sufferers I met um, I met somebody and she told me that at the age of 19 when most when most youth are, are thinking of college and that she left home because she didn't want to be a burden to her parents can you imagine 
just how fucking lucky you are that, you know, your children and, and you can can make such choices and, and her choice was to 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 be homeless. So this is a plug for Covenant Covenant House. They took her in and they took care of her strangers. So she said if she ever makes any extra money that she's gonna donate it to Covenant House. I've never heard a story of uh, Covenant House um, doing good work. So when I see the ads on TV now, there's a there's a plug for Covenant House. She says I don't know where I'd be if if they weren't if they didn't take me in after I after I left home because I didn't want to be a burden to my parents. Their struggles were enough. They don't need to take care of me. Can you imagine? I was 18 when I left home, but that was for a different reason. And I've been living on my own since I was 18. Finally... I wanted to uh, um, I wanted to mention um, you know emotionally um, we, we we struggle um, in terms of uh, preparing preparing ourselves you know when you say um, is it the the bottom of the barrel or, or we're preparing for the worst we know what the worst is. We know that shit's gonna happen. I had a, I had a, a friend, and and in the winter time in December, um, he had uh, he had free heat, and he'd open the windows and and turn the heat off in his bedroom, and I'd wake up fucking freezing. He's like, you never know. I could be out in the bush and there's no heat. I need to prepare for it and and he didn't and this person had no clothes on like hello I was freezing and that's that's our mentality this is you know um we're our struggles of emotionally and and can you imagine you know can you can you imagine thinking like that that's that's normalcy for us to have those kinds of thoughts spiritually I'm not too sure for me most of the time I'm I'm optimistic and and that the creator will provide and some people do know of my family's trying to get by, trying to reach the other end. And um, this pandemic and our health, um, my son and I are not able to work. So I have to really budget with what we have taking care of my dad, taking care of my adult son, taking care of my other son, and uh, there's no time to take care of myself. Realistically, yeah, there's just, 
But my sons do their best to love me and those little special things to show mom how much they love me. I am so grateful to be their mom each and every day. Yeah, so five years ago um, was the first time I was in, our family was impoverished. And now, as I near the end of my degree, I may be months away from the end of my degree, I am absolutely terrified I'm not good enough to be able to get a job. I'm preparing. My stomach, I'm preparing. I can feel it in my stomach and I can feel it in my feet. They're just, I'm ready to run. I'm prepared. I'm prepared for the struggles. So our people, I had to look up the word tenacity. Tenacity of indigenous people. Tenacity is a moral strength or hardship. Or hardship in extreme difficulty. Moral strength. Wow. This podcast is neither good or bad. It's just to to lift up the blanket so that you can see uh, some of our people's reality. I think just... You know, don't ask, just listen. Sometimes all we want is somebody to listen. Sometimes that's all we want. No no fucking optimism that, you know, yeah, it's going to get better. And, you know, Doris Day attitude. Until you've walked in our moccasins, you have no fucking clue. So donate to your food bank, donate to your neighborhood house, community center, and donate to Covenant House in respect to the the youth that was 19 and had no place to go. They do good stuff. I'm so happy. I'm so pleased that uh, I'm pleased to be able to see on the other end. Thank you for listening.